Thank you very much, House Chairperson. Chairperson and members of the Portfolio Committee on Mineral Resources and Energy, Honorable Members of Parliament, Chairpersons and CEOs of all mineral resources and energy state-owned entities who are following this debate, Team Mineral Resources and Energy, ladies and gentlemen. Honorable Members, I'm honored to deliver this budget vote speech on behalf of Minister Mandashe, who's currently recovering from COVID-19, and I am aware that he's following this debate. I take this opportunity to wish all colleagues and all South Africans who have tested positive strength and speedy recovery. We must at all times do our part by wearing our mask, washing our hands regularly, and observing social distance. This is the first single budget since the measure of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. The measure provides for an integrated, adequately capacitated department to implement programs in line with the seven priorities of the sixth administration as outlined by the President of the Republic of South Africa. We can now align policy to better promote investment in the sector to, to the advantage of our national economy. Honorable members, you will remember in September 2019, three and a half months after, all after the President Institute uh, established an executive in May and appointed many of us into the executive and as ministers and deputy ministers. The death robbed us of our deputy minister, Ms. Bavelile Songo. During those fleeting moments, her forthrightness, her passion, and sharp mind lead us back through the sector. In the house, in her, the council has been deprived of a brilliant young leader cut from the same cloth as our great forebears. Long live the spirit of Comrade B.V. Long live. Jefferson, before the COVID-19 pandemic, mining had been in a downward spiral for at least six years with a number of operations being placed on care and maintenance and job losses. The COVID-19 pandemic did not spare the sector from its ravages. Based on statistics released by SETSA at the end of June, the impact of COVID-19 in the mining sector, like in many sectors, is clearing. Mining was the most significant contributor to the economy's poor performance in the first quarter. Mining activity slowed by 21.5%, the biggest slum in six years. Iron ore, manganese, and chrom chromium were the biggest drags on mining growth, offsetting positive gains made by coal, diamonds, and platinum gold metals. The set of interventions proposed in the country's economic recovery plan, which is in its final stages, are geared towards ensuring the sector does not only bounce back, but that it bounces forward on a sustainable growth path. Currently, the department is inundated with notifications of threats to job losses in the industry. The department will continue to engage with mining companies, labor and other relevant stakeholders to collectively come up with measures to save jobs and where jobs cannot be saved to ensure that the impact on those who are retrenched is 
ameliorated. The ultimate objective will be to look at what should be done to ensure that the retrenched workers re-enter the labor market. The social and labor plan continues to be an instrument used to improve the quality of life of communities. Companies have continued to implement the commitments made regarding the development of mining communities. And in the last financial year, 100 local economic development projects were implemented. The department and the companies have had to adapt their operations to the new normal of the pandemic. We are cognizant of the enormity situation and continue to work together in line with the gazetted energy directives and mining guidelines issued in March, April, and May 2020 to manage the spread of the virus within the sectors. As of 16 July 2020, the South African mining industry has reported a total of 5,121 COVID-19 positive cases. 2,190 of these cases are recovery already, have recovered. Unfortunately, we've had 42 deaths across the country, across the sector. Honorable House Chairperson, we extend our condolences to the families of all the workers in the mining and energy sectors who lost their lives to COVID-19 and wish those who are recovering speedy recovery. On May 18, 2020, the Chief Inspector of Mines issued a guidelines in accordance with Section 9 of the Mine Health and Safety Act of 1996 to compel all mine employers to prepare and implement a code of practice for the prevention, mitigation, and management of COVID-19 outbreak. Inspectors have worked tirelessly conducting inspections and monitoring compliance with measures to prevent, mitigate, and manage the spread of the virus among mine workers. This work continues as the mining industry ramps up to full capacity under level three of lockdown and compliance with all regulation and directives issued by governments, government and the department remains compulsory. During level five lockdown, most recoveries honorable members, sorry, most refineries honorable members had to shut down due to decrease in demand for petroleum products because most businesses were closed. This has changed with the reopening of the economy as we moved from level five to level four and to level three. Refineries have reopened and are at full capacity despite earlier research challenges that led to temporarily minor rationaling of diesel to wholesale, which in turn affected retailers. We are alive to the shortages caused by reported tampering with the pipelines network either through attempted theft or the actual theft of fuel. The criminal activity threatens the security of fuel supply and endangers health and safety in nearby communities. Retailers and members of the public should refrain from purchasing fuel from unregistered traders and in instead report them to the law enforcement agency. With the widening budget, budget deficit, our fiscal is severely constrained, honorable members. To stimulate growth in the economy and alleviate pressure of, on the fiscals, government should mobilize the private sector for infrastructure development. This is critical for energy infrastructure. We continue to leverage on the work on the independent power producers procurement program, which demonstrates that both private and public sector 
funds can contribute to infrastructure investment. The IPP projects signed under bid window four has now resumed construction of the plans as we speak. Honorable members, COVID-19 does not only bring challenges, but brings with it opportunities. We are happy to announce that Mintech is manufacturing World Health Organization standard sanitizer products. A commercial pro production facility is being finalized to allow for the supply of over 100,000 liters of sanitizer per month. In addition, it has commenced with the development of a capacity to locally produce antibodies and antigens, which are the active ingredients in the products of both diagnostic kits and vaccines. The development of this capacity will ensure that South Africa can become self-sufficient in its response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And the capacity will also assist in future infectious diseases, diseases interventions. Honorable members, as we move towards major issues that are happening in the sector, it is important to report that the safety in mining is improving generally, bringing up closer to our goal to zero fatality. However, we still have challenges. The 2019 occupational health and safety statistics show 51, 51 fatalities, the lowest fatalities ever recorded, representing a 37% improvement year on year compared to 2018. The sector did not record, record a mine disaster in 2019, which was for the first time since 2016. Thus far this year, the number of reported fatalities stand at 23, which is lower than the 24 reported for the same period in 2019. There's been a decrease of 9.5% in the number of occupational diseases nationally. Sismic, seismic and gravity induced fall of ground accidents remain the highest contributor to mine fatalities and injuries. The most prevalent occupational disease are noise-induced hearing losses, silicosis and TB, the HIV and TB strategy to contain the high prevalence of HIV and TB cases is being implemented in the sector. Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, the task team of the Mine and Health and Safety Council and the Council of for Geosciences have been established to propose effective strategies to address the, this issue of seismicity. The MHSC has contributed almost 287,000 towards the seismograph network. In addition, it has identified and scoped research on the development of portable machinery like gas detection instruments for purposes of monitoring seismicity. This project has been budgeted to cost approximately 2.5 million and is being conducted as of April 2020 to March 2021. Furthermore, MHSC is currently conducting research to determine the capacity of mine health facilities to accommodate communities surrounding the mines. Honorable Chairperson, we are paying attention to policy to ensure certainty, strengthening the regulatory framework and mobilization of funding for development of infrastructure. Nuclear policy in this area, the minister will soon publish the National Nuclear Regulatory Amendment Bill and the Radioactive Waste Management Fund Bill for public comments. 
Ministerial approval has been granted to National Radioactive Waste Disposal Institution, Institute to embark on the establishment and operationalization of an off-site above-ground centralized interim storage facility for spent nuclear fuel. The regulation for the long-term operation, operation of nuclear installation critical to the Quebec long-term operation project have been published for, for public comments. In order to ascertain a success in nuclear regulatory services, the NNR is focusing on the validation and verification of methods and procedures as per South Africa's national accreditation system requirements. In the next three to five years, it is anticipated that the NNR laboratory would be fully capable to conduct its own verification. The regulator has been aptly considering the licensing of Quebec nuclear power station steam generator replacement. Honorable members, the department aims to develop an artisan, artisanal and small-scale mining policy. Currently, the NPRDA does not define as ASM concepts and does not sufficiently cater for the artisanal mining industry. Small-scale miners are virtually treated the same as large-scale miners in terms of environmental, water use, health and safety and financial provisioning requirements. The department is currently as well busy with development of the Geoscience Act regulation. The regulation provides for processes relating to the submission of the mineral geotechnology technical information and prospecting reports. This will empower the Council for Geoscience to compile the country's geotechnical risk profile and improve South Africa's attractiveness to investors. Again, honorable members, the guest amendment bill will be tabled in Parliament soon. The bill prioritizes infrastructure investment by, among other things, constructing infrastructure to import liquefied natural gases and increase exploration to find domestic gas feedstock to diversify the energy mix and reduce carbon emissions. During the 2020-2021 performance cycle, the department will develop the gas master plan 2020. We are, we are also working to strengthen regional cooperation to develop regional gas market thus our country's participation in this regional gas master plan development spearheaded by SEDEC. In respect of liquefied natural gas, the department has established a technical working group which will produce a commercial business plan that will guide the development of LNG import-export facilities across various parts of our country, including Richard Space, Saldana Bay and Port of the Shell Gas Research Project in the Karoo, undertaken by the Council for Geosciences and PASA, is moving towards ultra drip, drilling of a vertical borehole during the third quarter of 2020 to 2021 financial year, budgeted in the region of 120.2 million. It is estimated that the project will be completed at the end of 2020-2022, sorry, 2021 to 2022 financial year. With regards to the upstream, so with regards to the upstream petroleum bill, which was published last December for public comments, consultation with a broad range of stakeholders, that is industry players, NGO, government, and others have been held. The bill will be tabled in parliament this financial year. Honorable members, now we move to the issues that relate to energy security. 
Numerous factors pose threat to the energy security. And among these are scarce and depleting resources, geopolitical instability, infrastructure inadequacies, and natural disasters. We therefore need a coordinated and integrated approach to energy planning and coherent policy. To coherent policy, sorry, something is. Okay. To coherent policy making to firstly meet the rapid rise. My screen just moves. My apologies, Chairperson. My screen just moved a bit. To make sure that I'm still following. Sorry about that. We therefore need a coordinated and integrated approach to energy planning and coherent policy making to firstly meet the rapid rise in demand, secondly, increase energy supply in global carbon constrained environment, and thirdly, ensure security of supply and affordable of energy for all. As indicated in the IRP 2019 and confirmed by the current load shedding, the lower than expected ESCOM generation plant energy availability factor and the associated unpredictability of plant performance is a risk that requires agent supply and demand side intervention to complement ESCOM's initiative to improving energy availability factor. Under normal circumstances, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy would implement new generation capacity as indicated in the integrated resources plan through the issuing of ministerial determination in terms of Section 34 of the Electricity Regulation Act. The current circumstances, however, honorable members, are abnormal as there is insufficient time to bring into the grid generation options due to long lead times. Typically, time for a grid-scale power generation project is about 36 months. This is about three years minimum. And depending on permitting requirements, technology to the use, and the size of the project. With this abnormal situation to at hand, the department has taken a holistic view to addressing the problem and has put in place a number of initiatives. These initiatives take into account both grid scale and small scale, embedded generation interventions. Just to indicate some of them, I will list as we go. Following the request for information exercise undertaken in early 2020, the department initiated an emergency procurement program for 2,000 megawatts. We are finalizing emergency power pro procurement document, which will be pu will put to the market by end of July or late, early August 2020 latest. We are also ex expecting NARSA to soon make a decision on the second section 34 determination, which will enable implementation of the capacity in the IRP 2019. In addition to providing security of supply in the long run, this determination are going to unlock investment in excess of 250 billion rands from various energy sources that include coal, gas, renewable energy, and storage. The IPP office is engaging the various IPP projects, including ESCOM and National Treasury, to secure existing at the least possible cost. The IPP office indicates that IPPs have available 128 megawatts with 50 megawatts of the capacity accessible without the need for additional grid infrastructure. 
their, facility with, their facilities with generation for own use that are willing to sell through a short contract or through a flexible short-term contracting. Indications are that 550 megawatts is available. As these are not new generation capacity facilities, they do not require Section 34 determination and long-term power purchase agreements. ESCOM Honorable, has therefore- started... Minister, your time is now expired. Oh. Thank you. The next speaker is the Honorable Volmerans. Jesus. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson. The next speaker is Abigos. Hello. Please continue, Honorable Member. We can hear you. All right. Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, um, Acting Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Mayor Kubai, Director General Mukwena, Senior Management of the Department and its entities, ladies and gentlemen. This budget vote occurs under trying times. And to that effect, I would like to join in uh, for the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Comrade Gwede Mandashe, who we wish a speedy recovery for both himself and his wife. We further extend our thought to the many members of our society who have been infected and affected to some extent, and those who have succumbed to COVID-19. Indeed, this budget vote occurs under trying economic conditions for our country, which was further exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. The ANC government approach in this regard, combating the pandemic was and still is to put people's lives first and ensure that we are able to take decisive measures to fight the spread of COVID-19. This therefore required a special budget appropriations budget vote which has resulted in budget adjustments to deal with this pandemic. The importance of this is that the department will now have to deliver its performance targets with less financial resources and will have to make spend count in the delivery of its programs. At the same time, there are big expectations that this department amongst others will play a leading role to rejuvenate our economy as mining and energy lie at the heart of the recovery and the functioning of our economy. To date, the integration of the two departments, which was minerals and energy, has been a smooth process. The efforts of the minister and his managerial team in the department has made sure that the department is up to, up to speed at the task that lays ahead. The ANC policy on mining is based on transformation of the industry and ensuring the country mineral wealth is of benefit to all people. This policy imperative finds expression and is reflected in, in the MPRDA and the mining charter. There is furthermore emphasis to expedite the realization of all potential backward and forward linkages, including a much greater degree of beneficiation within, within the industry. This is a value-added economic activity for the country as it contributes to industrialization, skills development, and job creation. We are therefore encouraged that the department has taken this in one of its programs. The initiative of the department through the Council of Geoscience to confirm existing mineral deposits across the country 
creates resource certainty and renewal in the mining industry, which also support industrialization and job creation. We have been assured that the restructuring of the state assets in the mining sector is proceeding with the consolidation of the assets into a single entity. Through this, the state mining company located in SEV will be able to diversify its mining activities. It must be noted that this process is in line with the resolution of the ANC conference in Nazareth. As far back as 1994, the Reconstruction and Development Plan espoused an accelerated and sustainable electrification program. The program would ensure that households, schools, clinics, and social facilities are electrified. The call was for grid and non-grid sources to provide power to urban and rural areas. It was to ensure that the legacy of apartheid is reversed and improve the quality of life for the poor marginalized. To this end, the ANC government over the years has delivered electricity to households in many parts of the country and to many communities. In spite of a lot of challenges, this program is by and large successful and it is for that reason that the committee was very concerned at the reduction in the budget affecting the inner project, which does electrification. However, the committee has requested the Minister of Mineral Resources uh, to communicate with the Minister of Finance and Treasury before September to ameliorate and avoid possible delays in the future implementation of such a project. The IRP 2019 is also an enabler to the department to start the process of the nuclear build program. This program is important to the sustainability and extension of the current Kubek nuclear power plant. It is of long-term benefit, which is integrated to the energy mix landscape. The recent calls for expression of interest is in line with the department process derived from the IRP 2019 decision to start preparations for nuclear build program at a pace and scale that the country can afford. Thus, the consideration of smaller modular reactors. Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, in spite of the readjustments in this budget both downwards, the ANC-led government is determined to pursue a positive trajectory in the mining and energy sectors. This is based on the historic mission of the ANC of overcoming poverty, inequality, and unemployment, which remained legacies of apartheid colonialism. The revised budget, therefore, for the current financial year is thus plus minus 7.8 billion. It's a major reduction, and it is as part of the efforts to finance government response to COVID-19 pandemic. We are aware that we shall overcome notwithstanding any temporary difficulties or challenges that we currently face in government. For this reason, the ANC supports this budget vote um, in totality. I thank you, Chairperson. Well, thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Milam. Thank you, Chairperson. Let me start by wishing Minister Mantashe a speedy recovery. At the height of stage six load shedding, President Ramaphosa promised a fundamental shift in South Africa's approach to power generation. He spoke of how government had agreed to allow users to generate power for their own use and how they had launched an emergency power purchase program to fill the current short-term supply gap 
and to reduce the use of expensive diesel generators during peak times. But in reality, nothing has changed. The amendments to Schedule 2 of the Electricity Regulation Act, which would allow own generation, did not increase the license exemption threshold to 10 megawatts, as had been widely anticipated. So much for being, and I quote, determined to remove the bureaucratic constraints to self-generation and have those users with the capacity producing their own power, end quote. The emergency power pro uh, procurement program intended to address the short-term supply of electricity and add between 2,000 and 3,000 megawatts to the grid almost immediately has not yet purchased a single megawatt, and it seems unlikely to do so before the end of 2021. At the State of the Nation this year, the President said that in order to rapidly and significantly increase generation capacity outside of ESCOM, a Section 34 ministerial determination would be issued to give effect to the Integrated Resource Plan, enabling the development of additional grid capacity from a variety of sources. He promised to open bid window five of the Renewable Energy Independent Power Producer Program. None of that has happened yet, but we shouldn't be surprised. This president is renowned for his failures to keep his promises when it comes to our electricity supply. In September 2015, addressing the National Council of Promises, he said, I quote, in another 18 months to two years, you will forget the challenges that we have had with relation to power and energy and ESCOM ever happened, end quote. And at the end of Feb and at the February 2019 SONA, he assured the, the nation that, and again I quote, ESCOM has made much progress in implementing its nine-point plan, ensuring better maintenance of its general fleet, reducing costs, and ensuring adequate reserves of coal, end quote. Well, that really worked out well, didn't it? If he really meant what he said at SONA this year, the president would direct this department to immediately open up REIPP bid window five. He would instruct NURSA to urgently finalize the section 34 determinations they are considering. He would encourage parliament to support the Independent Electricity Management Operator Bill currently before it, to ensure a level playing field for all electricity generation entities and companies. He would order the immediate amendment of, of the licensing threshold for own generation. He would ensure that the IPP office was working on urgently bringing the independent power producers who have submitted proposals for the emergency supply of electricity on board. It is absolutely unbelievable that after four months of reduced demand, ESCOM has not been able to address its maintenance problems. It is unacceptable that the Deputy President has unilaterally changed the mandate of what was originally called the Energy War Room from, I quote, dealing with any challenges to our energy supply in the country, end quote, according to the Cabinet Minutes, to propping up ESCOM at any cost and in the process apparently renaming it the political task team on ESCOM. It is unconscionable that the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has seen fit to effectively cancel its single biggest service delivery program, the Integrated National Electrification Program, which rolls out proper electrical connections to hundreds of thousands of households annually. And it beggars belief that South Africa has done little to no proper planning to replace the power plants that are being decommissioned. The president's broken promises just don't cut it anymore, and neither do this department's. Instead, we are held hostage by an increasingly hidebound ANC who see every attempt to modernize the electricity generation sector and spread the supply of electricity across a broad spectrum of power producers 
as an attack on the state. It's not. We cannot sit idly by and hope that ESCOM will sell, solve our electricity problems. It won't. Nor has President Ramaphosa or this government shown any inclination that they have the political will to do more than talk about the real issues. It is past time for action, for implementation. And if government cannot do it, it should get out of the way and let the private sector step up. The Democratic Alliance will not support this budget. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Shronyana. Thank you, Chair. We want to wish Minister Kodimantashi and all the mine workers who are impacted by COVID-19 a speedy recovery and send our condolences to the families of mine workers who passed away because of COVID-19. The only way we can win the war against the spread of coronavirus is a complete lockdown with new social and economic practices that provides shelter for the most vulnerable. A complete lockdown that closes minds as these are not essential services and we should not be willing to risk the lives of our people with minerals. We can always restart the mining operations. We cannot restart our people's lives. The EFF rejects the mineral resource and energy adjusted budget vote. The truth is for far too long, the mining sector has operated above the law, fails to protect workers and all rehabilitation resources put aside as required by law have not served their intended purposes. We warned you not to allow mining operations to resume when we are heading towards a peak of COVID-19, which we are not even sure it is the peak because we have abandoned all epistemological. When reported cases were below 10 in Fonang gold mine in Cantonville in Gauteng province, we warned you, but you allowed them to continue with operations. There were few cases in Limpopo until you allowed workers to return. Do you to know it's Cantonville? And now, Sikukune, a mining area, has become an epicenter of infections in the province. Mining companies are lying about the number of infections. They lie about their taxes, about their operations. They lie about safety measures. Why will they tell the truth now about infections when they want to continue to operate at all costs, including human cost? Anglo Gold Ashanti continues to lie about the number of infections putting the lives of workers in danger. We want to warn you again, it is not going to end well. Close all mines with immediate effect. We should not waste resources with mine inspectors. We must just close all the mines. We will not sit by and watch as the ANC plan to massacre mine workers the same way it massacred Marikana workers. We are facing a pandemic that has collapsed our economy. Many businesses and households have suffered. Workers have lost their jobs and are finding it difficult to make ends meet, including paying for electricity. This is the right time to cancel all the purchasing power agreements with the independent power producers. Make that continues to milk ESCOM to this day. We cannot afford to cut the budget for integrated national electricity program grant which means more than 43,000 households will suffer, while ESCOM continues to spend billions in IPPs, even when they contribute very little to overall electricity generation. It is the people in Lisebilsele, 
Likoko, Marikana, Ching, Jobiton, Kuma, Kitopota, Haipeng, Minoto, and Kholakai in Northwest. Fred Extension 4 and Memel in the Free State. And Madela Ufa, Kwa Tema, Kwa Kwakwa, Kutong, Sonder Water, Vuga Seche, Jabulani, Omal Settlement, Krom Grai, Wat 39, Matumbu Section, Wat 23, Chief Mohali New Section, Prince Krizani, Denver and Sophia Informal Settlement, Likabowang, Wat 36, Sobukweville, Wat 21, will have to wait long to receive electricity. The only practical and sustainable solution is the nationalization of mines without compensation. We must beneficiate our mineral resources and create jobs. ESCOM coal mines must come back under the control and operation of the state-owned mining companies. Municipalities must pay their ESCOM debts, and if they cannot, we must take the money from the municipality equitable share. I thank you, Chair. Well, thank you, Honorable Member. I now will invite the Relief Chairperson, Lostoma, to take over the chairing of the session whilst I want to remind Honorable Members on this platform that you are not allowed to comment and switch on your microphone unless you are recognized. If you persist by doing so, you will be removed from the virtual session by the Sergeant of Arms. I now call upon the Honorable Malu and the Honorable Lostoma will chair from now on. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much, uh, House Chair, uh, Acting Minister, Honourable Members. Let me join my colleagues in wishing the speedy recovery to our Minister, Minister Mandashe. House Chair, during this declared period of state of national disaster in which South Africa finds itself grappling with social and economic ravages brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic, it remains critically important that this department deliver upon its mandate, especially in terms of prioritizing the frontline services it provides for households and businesses, whilst particularly focusing on our poor and the most vulnerable people in their country. With the net change to the baseline being downward revision of 1.5 billion rands, this department will have to strive to fulfill its mandate with lesser resources. The president alluded recently to a crisis also of the also presenting an opportunity. And in this regard, the department should view this time of austerity as a period, as a period of in which to uh, re-engineer its output. In a sense, it should be looking more with less. Of major concern to the IFP, Honorable House Chair, is the reduction of the integrated national electrification program, which grant which will further delay the implementation of bulk infrastructure projects to household connections and reduce targets concerning electricity connections. The most seriously, uh, in, in the, this is most serious in the provinces of Eastern Cape, Limpopo, and Wazulu-Natal, where we find the greatest number of the backlogs of such. South Africans should not be waiting longer for their homes to be, electrif to be electrified. Honorable House Chair, ESCOM has a functional as a functional entity remains questionable in terms of electricity supply outputs, with marked instances of load shedding taking place even during this time of the lockdown of 
uh, made by the uh, Honorable President. With the steady supply of electricity being critical, not only to our citizens during this period, but just as importantly to business in which already are operating at their lowest rank, it therefore becomes very imperative, Honorable House Chair, that the demand for electricity is met without any interruption. Of equal importance is that the COVID-19 related safety and preventative measures are being implemented in our minds in adherence to the government's regulations, rules, and guidelines. Consultants must be used sparingly and only when necessary as they are a major drain on our budget. They, their continued use must be looked at comprehensively in the near future. In conclusion, Honorable Chair, the IAP does support the adjusted budget vote debate we support the adjustment relating to non-core activities without affecting departmental uh, major deliverables. Uh, Thank you, Honorable Member. Thank you, Honorable House Chair Floric. I now recognize Honorable uh, Bosho. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. Uh, we would also like to add our uh, participation in the uh, wishing that the Minister will uh, recover speedily. The parliamentary budget for the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy is surprisingly modest. If one considers the magnitude of both mining and energy supply in South Africa, the yellow department of begroting van minder as 10 miljard rand is minder as die bedrag wat die department van hoer onderwijs en opleiding bespaar word in gevolge die aangepaste begroting. Wanneer mens dat die doel van die department kyk, is dit echter verstaanbaar. So ver het minerale opronde aangaan, is die doel om die sektor vir transformatie, groei en ontwikkeling te regeleer. En so ver het energie aangaan, is die doel om beleid te formuleer en die sektor te geregeleer terwille van omgevingsverantwoordelike energiesekerheid en bekostigbare betrouwbare toegang tot kracht. Die geld moet dus gebruik word om beleid te formuleer en die bedrijf te regeleer. Toch, as mens naar die besteding kyk, word meer as 60% van projekte spandeer, goeie projekte, maar projekte wat die staat nie aan die markt wil toe vertrouw nie. Trouw ons ongeveer 5 miljard rand vir die departement sy 9,3 miljard rand was vir die Nationale Elektrificeringsprogram gehoor my. En nog 326 miljoen rand om die verhoogde energiedoeltreffendheid by municipale infrastructuur te weeg te bring. Met die aangepaste begroting word so wat 1,5 miljard rand van die departement weggeneem. Geld wat dan of Eskom of municipaliteite oorgedraas sy hoog om arm huishoudings te elektrificeer. Nou sal 43.000 van hulle langer moet wacht. Municipaliteite verloor 22 miljoen rand wat hulle energieverbruik moes afbring en verskaffers van goedere en dienste verloor 47 miljoen. Hierdie is een dubbele slag. Op baie plek in Zuid-Afrika is daar klein en middelslag bezighede wie sy bestaansbron afgesnui is omdat hulle nie meer goedere en dienste aan die departement kan lever nie. Terselde tyd sal die 22 miljoen rand wat in municipale infrastructuur bestees sal word, aan die opbrengslewer en elke dag geld te spaar en meer geld vir dienste beskikbaar te stel. So, like een noodbegroting. Die hele land is tot stilstand gebring om die gezondheidssektor voor te bereik. Sekere lede was amper kort asem so opgebonde was hulle oor die revolutionaire potentiaal van die pandemie. Die feit dat die staatsinkomste verlaag het die saak gemaakt het, want die minste verloor die sogenaamde white bin op die capital geld. Die poor en working class verloor die lekarige inkomste, maar hierdie lede is tevrede, want dit sal in Bosworld geld verloor. En het is in Komeinbouw net nie aan die gang nie, en Zuid-Afrika sal kom met beerkracht. Krij die departement het recht om transformatie met groei en ontwikkeling te balanseer? 
krijg die departement dreig om bekostigbare en betrouwbare krachtvoorziening te bewerkstellig. Omstandighede vereist dat die departement van minerale, hulpbron en energie moet bespaar. Maar wie moet die negatieve gevolge dra? Die arme mense in landelijke gebiede. Dit is die werkelijkheid van die noodbegroting wat ons thans oorweeg. Die VF plusse boodskap is eenvoudig. Gesinne en gemeenskappe moet hulle los dink van die staat, want die staat is dom, centralistisch, minachtkundigheid en ervaring en eer nie uit die verlede nie. En as mens jouself losgedink het, is het makkelijk om jouself los te werk van die staat wat sy eie doelwitte nie kan bereik. Energieselfstandigheid vir gesinne en gemeenskappe is toenemend een levensvatbare werkelijkheid en die enigste versekering ten swak beleid en nog swakker uitvoering. Baie dankie. Hoor wel, hoor wel. I recognize Honorable Zungula. Thank you, Chair. Um, I want to wish the Minister a speedy recovery. This year marks the fourth anniversary of the Lilimine disaster where Yvonne Nisi, Pretinka Kambole, and Solomon Yarende were buried underground. It is clear to the ATM that the lives of those deceased black people do not matter to the government and the mine owners. Both the government and their capitalist associates have done nothing tangible to retrieve the bodies of these three human beings. As the ATM, we remain disappointed by the inhumane attitude of government and its capitalist friends. In his book, The History of Inequality, the late Prof. Sam P. Terry Blanche characterizes the evil relationship between National Party and business as symbiotic. Today, the ATM is very sad to confirm that the government's relationship has also descended to the evil levels of being symbiotic with the capitalists. ATM continues to be disturbed by investments that the department is pouring into Mintech for solutions for asset mine drainage. Asset mine drainage should be the sole responsibility of mining companies who make billions ex ex excavating our land to extract our minerals. This calls into question the use of the environmental fund that the mining companies are required to keep in a trust for, for hazards such as AMD. ATM is also concerned with the exploration role that the government has decided to undertake on behalf of the private sector through the Council for Geoscience. As ATM, we hold a view that the current satellite mapping of the mineral resources is sufficient for companies to conduct their own detailed exploration programs. The department is advised to put pressure on their capitalist friends to invest in retrieving the human beings trapped in Lily Mine. The department must ensure that the mine safety standards Social labor plans are adhered to so that another Marikana massacre is avoided. The department must assist to formalize the small scale miners who are applying their trade in disused mines and mine dams instead of criminalizing them as illegal miners. This Thank program you, must only member. be. Your time is up. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. I now recognize Honorable VT Malinga. Malinga. Thank you, House Chairperson. Let me also join my colleagues in sending our regards to our minister, speedy recovery to Minister Mandashi. 
Honorable members, mining and energy is critical to the economy of this country. The participation of women in these sectors requires special focus. In addition, facing the COVID-19 pandemic, women also face gender-based violence in the workplace. It is appropriate that we pay special attention to the issues of women in mining in this budget vote as there is still transformation needed and much, and much room for improvement still exists. On mining house chain, the ANC-led government policy as set out in the mining charter on the involvement of women in the mining industry, which seeks to ensure that 10% of the workforce employed in the sector should be women. As it currently stands, employed women at top management constitute 16%, senior level management is at 17%, and skilled technical professionals are at 18%. As aforementioned, women still face a plethora of challenges in the midst of this pandemic. One prominent challenge is that of safety as women fight GPV, which is a pandemic on its own. As on the 16th of July, 2020, the mining sector has reported a total number of 5,121 COVID-19 positive cases, of which 1,153 involved women in mining. The sector has also reported that, reported that 589 women have since recovered. To be able to perform at their best, women need suitable gear as regulated by the department through the Mine Health and Safety Council that developed guidelines on personal protective equipment for women in the South African mining industry. The guidelines was issued to ensure the provision of appropriate PPE for women in mining and promote their health and safety at work. On our budget vote, House Chair, the adoption of the budget vote by the committee saw that the department should pay attention to the promotion of mine inspections to ensure compliance with government regulations on the COVID-19 pandemic. There should be a focus on women in the industry affected by COVID-19. The budget of the mine health and safety was not affected by the reduction of the budget, but was rather increased by 6,212,000 which is an increase of 3%. And this should enable the entity to, to effectively perform its mandate. Taking all of this to consideration, the mining inspectorate should contribute to the safety of women employed in the industry as part of eradicating the COVID-19 pandemic and the scourge of gender-based violence. On electricity house chair, there has been many protests in townships regarding electricity and these tensions need the speedy intervention of the executive as these issues can be resolved. The, in, the restructuring of ESCOM is continuing and, must, and much progress has been made in terms of improving governance and maintenance of the plans. This process is critical to eliminate load shedding. IPPs need to be brought online to reduce the gap between supply and demand of electricity to eliminate load shedding. This needs attention for service delivery. The provision of reliable electricity supply at the cheapest possible price is the key to further economic growth. On social delivery, the electrification of household and the installation of water, of solar water geysers are imperative for the improvement of the quality of life for historically disadvantaged South Africans. The department has steadily fixed the administrative aspect of the solar water geyser program. 
Attention should be focused on the rollout of the program. This will result in a reduction of electricity usage in poor income households and improve the level of disposable income for basic necessities. On liquid fuels, the department still needs to focus on the regulated prices of fuels, especially liquefied petroleum gases and paraffin as these are fuels utilized by the poor and working class and therefore should be sold at the cheapest possible price. As I conclude, Honorable House Chair, improving the lives of ordinary South Africans is the agenda of the African National Congress-led government. Speaker and Honorable Members, the Mineral and Energy... Honorable Member, your time is up. Thank you very much. Now I recognize Honorable Hendricks. Honorable Hendricks will pass. Uh, now I will recognize Honorable uh, Sheikh Imam. Honorable Sheikh Imam. Sheikh. Will pass. I will recognize Honorable Phillips. Honorable Phillips. House Chairperson, to the families and friends of the people who've sadly lost their lives due to COVID-19, I would like to extend our sincere sympathy. To every frontline worker, thank you for your dedication and commitment. The response of the majority of the role players in the mining industry has been exemplary. They are helping to save lives and livelihoods, and for that we thank them. The last 12 months have brought us yet another year of empty promises and wasted opportunities that have continued to leave the South African mining industry in limbo. We have seen our president and ministers jetting off to meet with potential in international investors. Although future investments are always reported as being imminent, very little or if any of this investment has materialized. Certainty, reliability and stability might sound boring, but those are the nouns that need to be part of the South African econ economic policy if we want to attract investment into our mining industry. It is often quoted that the only certainties in life are death and taxes. The mining industry needs certainty. Otherwise, the death of solely needed taxes is inevitable. Changing the mining charter more than three times in 25 years offers no certainty or stability whatsoever. A new energy deal is essential if we are to halt the closure of chrome smelters and stop the attrition of jobs. Yet this incapable state seems unable to overcome its paralysis and take decisive action to address the problem. Or maybe they're just happy to pass the jobs and the tax income over to their Chinese masters. Minister Mantashi, you committed to clean up corruption in the department. This commitment resulted in a few people being fired and a handful of people arrested. But when a payment is made before a contract is signed for a memorial that we haven't yet been able to find, and an ex-employee of the department is engaged in mining, with a mining permit that doesn't seem to exist anywhere but in his own back pocket, to name but a few dodgy deals. It seems that your will to fight corruption just isn't there. Department officials assured the committee that the processing of prospecting and mining rights will be sped up. With numerous applications outstanding for years and complaints continually pouring in, it appears that it might have sped the process up from dead slow to extremely slow. Only an incapable state would find this acceptable. The department must do better if they are serious about growing the mining industry. 
get rid of the deadwood, the incompetent and the corrupt employees, and allow those employees with a passion for mining to do their jobs efficiently and professionally. Does our economy no good when the department staff show total contempt and disrespect for applying for a renewal of their beneficiation license by literally sweeping their documents off the table? These are the very industries that we need in South Africa and the very investors that our president is trying to woo. Flow-through investment has worked very well in Australia and Canada, but unless general stumbling blocks to investment are removed, there seems to be very little chance of a similar way of raising money in South Africa to help fund exploration and new mines. The bodies of loved ones are still trapped in what once was Lily Mine. A caring government would do more than just pay lip service to retrieving the trapped bodies and bringing closure to the Greek families. The DMR spends millions on employing consultants and business advisors, yet the industry continues to decline. Isn't it time we actually ask the role players in the mining mm. industry how government can create an enabling environment for players in mining to grow the industry back into a vibrant sector of our economy. Instead of paying consultants and business advisors, who are clearly not making any positive difference. If the department worked with mining houses and investors, they can grow the industry to the benefit of all South Africans. Successful mining companies are generous mining companies. The Democratic Alliance does not support this budget. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize Honorable Kula. Honorable Kula. Uh, thank you very much, House Chairperson. Greetings to the Acting Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Mineral Resources and Energy, Honorable Luzipo, and all other members my of apologies. the team. My apology, Honorable Member, can you just uh, uh, change the, the way you have positioned your phone? We are, we are, we are better, much better. Thank you very much. Thank you. You may proceed. Thank you very much, House uh, Chairperson. Director General of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, Honorable. members uh, in sending our most sincere and deepest condolences to the Machikis of Mama Zinzi Mandela. Indeed, the nation has lost the treasured diamond in Ambassador Mandela. You may be out of our sight, but you will always live in our minds and heart forever. We also want to send uh, speedy recovery wishes to the Minister, uh, Honorable Mandashi. House Chairperson and Honorable Members, this special appropriation budget vote occurs at a difficult time for the country as the local and global economies are in recession. House Chairperson, we are now also approaching the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic. While it is not desirable to have budget adjustment card, while still continuing to grapple with the challenges we are grappling with, these are however necessary to ensure that we navigate the storm brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. We must dispel with the contempt it deserves, the natural temptation by some in the opposition benches to lay the blame on the devastating effects of the COVID-19 that mitigating the threats caused by this virus. On the contrary, House Chairperson, it is our government that is hard at work to mitigate the threat that has been posed. While many leaders around the world have struggled to figure out a right approach to handling the virus, President Ramaphosa and his collective have led the country to 
while many in the opposition benches are condemned to win armchair critics, misguided alarmists of note, either second-guessing government intervention or repealing them, content with claiming perfection out of inactivity. Our government has remained steadfast in confronting this uncharted territory. It is the ANC government that is at the forefront of fighting this pandemic. ANC deployees at all levels have been in the front line and leading the charge with some even testing positive while others have succumbed to this virus. I it is only brave men and It is only brave men and women will go into the battlefield to fight such a deadly virus. While cowards shout from the sideline, the budget of Kiamari has been written. This will obviously necessitate on the integrated national policy to ensure that vast majority are provided with such a social service, to ensure that their quality of life improves. This was the major source of concern in the portfolio committee when we were finalizing our budget report. However, it must be noted that it is utterly incorrect for the for some to suggest that the budget cut in this program to be interpreted as government putting hold on this program. This we is a caricature of the budget. The ANC government will never abandon its historical mission of eradicating the injustices of the apartheid past through providing vast majority of our people with much-needed services. House Chairperson, initially 180,000 households were identified for this program. Factored in with the reduction of 43,000 households, 147,000 new households will still be electrified in this budget cycle. On mining, House Chairperson, mining activity occurred for some time, such as coal at the start of COVID-19 lockdown. This has been seen an opening up further of the economy in different phases. The aim of the lockdown to our EFF colleagues was not to create economic hardship, but to flatten the curve and create conditions that do not allow for repeat transmission. These rules and regulations for mining activity are very clear and, and must be implemented. There must be a balance between economic activity and ensuring that we combat COVID-19. It cannot be one or the other, as there are no trade-offs to be made in this regard, House Chairperson. On nuclear, NEXA plays an important role. NEXA plays an important part in various industrial sectors, and it is imperative that the expertise which the country has developed is enhanced as part of our growth strategy. NEXA's role in the medical and nuclear field should not be underestimated. Nuclear forms part of our energy mix through the supply of electricity in the Kuber nuclear power plant. This plant will soon have to be refurbished as it is coming to an end of its life cycle. House Chairperson, South Africa can ill afford to lose any further electricity generation capacity. The nuclear option for power generation must occur at a scale and pace at which the country can afford. And domestic technology should be part of the refurbished Kuber power plant. The key principle in this regard is that once infrastructure is on the ground, as it is the case with the Kuber plant, it is able to produce larger volumes of cheap electricity. <laughs> On what the DA has raised, the House Chairperson, I must say that the fading Democratic Alliance under the misleading and horrible leadership of Mr. Johnny Steinhausen has arrived.
updated to themselves the status of being a chief armchair critic of government actions at all material times, whether such action is right or wrong. It must be mind-boggling that a party led by a conservative clown who does not possess a matric qualification will want to lecture us order. with their common sense approach Point on COVID-19. They conveniently forget Point that the challenge in this Honorable country Honorable is a direct Kula, Honorable Kula, there's a point of order. Yes, Honorable Member, what's the point of order? Chairperson, it's unparliamentary for Honourable Kula to refer to any member of parliament as a clown, and uh, I'd ask that you request that you withdraw that. He didn't mention any name. He uh, referred to... I, may, may, I, may I just deal with the matter? I noted, but he didn't refer to a certain individual Honourable Member. He didn't mention the name, so you made an Chairperson. assumption. I'll uh, allow the member to continue. If the chief is not worried... While the ANC, while the ANC is breathing, yes, honourable member, what's the point of order? That man does not have matric. What is the point no, of order? No, one second. Allow the member. He a clown of a leader. The party has a clown for a leader. Those were his words. That is direct reference to his previous statement, which referred to Honorable Stienhaisen, and I would ask that you immediately request that he withdraw it. Not having you did not hear. House Chairperson, on a point of order. On which point? Because I haven't made a ruling on this one. Uh, thanks, uh, Chair. You know, if we want to start, uh, if we want to start calling each other clowns, let me tell you what the ANC is full of clowns in that circus. So let's not go there, Chair. What no, we need to do? Chairperson, may you please refer to the recording of this meeting, as the Honourable Froelich had said that the meetings are recorded and that they are bound by the rules and that you are determined then to make a ruling. Yeah. Can make Point taken, Honourable Member. Let me do that, then I'll come back before the end of the session. <laughs> Thanks, House Chaperson. When the AMC is sparing neither strength nor courage, my hand is up. The same cannot be said about the DA. They are yeah, mishandling what is in the Western Cape. This tantamount to a different ploy to butcher and murder our people in that part of the country. The Freedom Fund Plus will not be taken serious in this house or country as long as they continue to fail to respond to the most pertinent question, the question of the land. Honorable Kula, your time is up. Uh, Honorable Chair, my hand is up. Honorable Kula. Thank you. Is, it, is it a point of order, Honourable Member, or your hand is up? Because you you want to it's, it's a point of order, Chair. May I please address you? Okay. Honourable Chairperson, I, I would like to appeal from your office that uh, members really maintain the decorum of the House. And uh, uh, really, we need to, to, to respect each other so that this process will run uh, thoroughly and 
you have the powers to do that, Chair. It's just that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm quite aware of that, that I've got powers, but I must listen for both sides so that I can make a determination of the issue that is raised. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Kula. Nice, Honorable uh, Minister. Yes, sir. Can I check how much time was I? There's time from remaining from Honorable Bulmaran's address. No, no, it I'm doesn't work. That, no, no, no. Can I just? No, I'm, I'm telling you, I took a one, one, 1.5 minutes. I added here, and then you just finished at 1750. Second, uh, Honorable uh, Acting Minister. Honorable Members, we are going to mute all your phone, your, your, your gadgets because you are not recognized. Becoming like Oswald Wilkie Circus with all these slams. Please allow me to proceed. Thank you very much. But, but we need to clarify that Stain Asian still does not... Let me start with um, the issues raised by Honorable Mayden. Honorable um, Minister... facilities with the generation for own... Am I audible, Chan? Chairperson, am I audible? Yes, you are very much okay. audible, ma'am. Thank you. Let me start with the issues raised by Honorable Mayhem. There are facilities with generation for own use, Honorable Member, that are willing to sell a short contract or through a flexible short contracting. Indications are that 550 million, um, 550, sorry, 550 megawatts is available. As these are not new generation capacity, they do not require Section 34 and in terms of determination. And therefore, the power purchase agreements ESCOM has can start with the process of procuring this power with the request for proposal having closed April and May. So not that nothing has been done. Let me go again, honorable member. The department has enabled this by removing the licensing in terms of generation. You spoke about generation for own use. The department has enabled this by removing the licensing requirements for certain categories of generation facilities under one megawatt, 139 of these requests for registration have been processed by NERSA to date with capacity of 59 megawatts. The capacity excludes installation under one megawatts that register directly with local municipality. The department has also eased the licensing of generation for own use above one megawatt which is mainly to supplement power supply to commercial and industrial customers, including the mines. The IRP 2019 now makes provision for distributed generation for own use above one megawatt, which takes away the need for a ministerial approval for deviation from IRP before NERSA can process the generation licensing application. Five licenses have been issued to date. The department is also working with licenses to address these challenges, any challenges that may be in, 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 uh, coming up. Again, on the enabling of municipal generation, in line with the announcement by the president, in the SONA 2020, the department has proposed amendments to new generation capacity regulations. The amendments are intended to ensure security of supply 
and orderly development as provided for the for by the IRP. They will also clarify the requirement from municipalities when they apply for Section 34 determination from the department. The amendments have been consulted with the public and are being finalized for publication during the month of August. So it's not true that nothing has been done. In terms of the renewable, uh, the REIPP, the IPP program that you would know, honorable member of um, EFF was talking about cancelling. There has been noting of issues relating to the cost. Therefore, in response to that, in October 2019, there was a call made to IPPs to look at reducing their tariffs as a contribution to lowering national electricity prices for consumers and in support of stimulating economic growth. We are making progress and can report that more than 70% of the IPPs have responded positively to the invitation to refinancing as a way of reducing costs. This approach will benefit the consumers and the IPPs without undermining existing agreements as refinancing is standard practice in infrastructure investment. Honorable Kula spoke about the issues around nuclear. We do indeed need to indicate that Kuber's long-term operation project and associated plant life activities is hardwired in the IRP 2019, thereby recognizing the pivotal role that the plant plays in continuing energy security for the country. The plant unit will reach the end of its life in July 2024. Honorable Mylem was saying that we do not do any plans, it's untrue. And plans are underway to extend the life of this plant by an additional 20 years. The department exercises its oversight on the Kuber long-term operational and planned life extension activities through an established technical oversight committee. The national nuclear regulator continues to play a vital pivotal role in ensuring the independent safety licensing of important projects such as ESCOM school back, long-term operating projects. So there is work that is being done to ensure that as the plans come to an end, there is work and that can be provided by Minister Mandasha later on other plans if you need that detail. But also most of the time, sometimes people do think about nuclear as a very difficult thing and a negative towards it. But let's indicate that Safari One nuclear research reactor is one of the three largest producers of medical radioisotopes in the world. And it's important members to note that in April 2019, a task team was established for the development of a new multi-purpose reactor project to ensure that South Africa sustainably retain its global leading position in nuclear research development and innovation. As this Safari One nuclear research reactor is it's coming to an end in 2013, their usefulness. So there's quite a lot of work, Chairperson, that is being done. And also to note that despite the COVID-19 lockdown challenges, the nuclear technology product is back on operation, continue safely operating while sending nuclear medicine around the globe to save lives. The National Radioactive Waste Disposal Institute as well has embarked on the path to establish a centralized interim storage facility for long-term use. And also let me highlight in terms of the finances because I didn't cover that earlier on, Chair, because there seemed to be some misunderstanding. The Department of Mineral Resources and Energy Budget has been adjusted from 9.34 billion to 7.76 billion, a reduction of 1.574 billion. 
and this is in goods and services of pop for 1.7 INEP ESCOM grant at 1 million uh, 1 billion INEP municipality grant at 500 million and I need to indicate in this because the INEP program the way it has been done the department engaged both municipalities and ESCOM to agree on a criteria used to determine the portion of the budget reduction of 1.5 billion to be absorbed by various municipalities and ESCOM for INEP grant. This reduction is on the projects that, among others reasons, is that it's projects, for example, that are not ready for delivery. So they've been moved to outer years. It's not that they are not going to be done. They've been moved because they are not ready. And municipalities and provinces will submit projects. And when assessment now done in July, you find that those projects are not yet ready. Then they are moved to the outer years. So it needs to be indicated, Chair, that that's what is being done. There is continuum of allocation of resources to various programs. Uh, if you look at the municipal grant, 21.8 billion EEDSM municipal grant remains, Sanity grant 4.1, NNR uh, grant remains, international membership fee um, remains. Um, and then another in terms of INEP um, for, I did mention the municipalities, but also, Chair, maybe just as I conclude, noting my time, I hope you can uh, let me just two minutes before I conclude so that I'm able to wrap up with Silver. The work that is being done, we note that now the mining and energy needs a recovery plan and intends to restore and capture the industry within the context of a renewed, sustainable minerals and energy complex. Pivotal in the reindustrialization of the country while transforming the mining and energy industry. The plan aims to restore business confidence, stimulate investment, as well as safeguard and create jobs. That's why, honorable member from EFF, we can't close the mines because it means we are going to kill the livelihood. We are going to ensure that many people lose jobs. So those people will continue to say, let's make sure that we are able to sustain the jobs that they are needing and also can be able to put food on the table. The mining sectors we have responded, uh, alluded earlier on, is that has been able to deal with the issues of testing, have been able to deal with the issue of isolation as well. And that's why even the mining sectors to assure the workers that as government, we are not going to leave them alone without monitoring that the employers are compliant. So we can't just leave the, as you are recommending that, you know, the mining, um, uh, what is it called? The, the mining inspectors must just go and do something else. They are there to safeguard the lives of the workers. So we are not opening just, but the economic activity is important. COVID-19 as well has had an impact on the petroleum sector as a whole. Destruction in the demand of jet fuel is making the operations of refineries very challenging. And it is important, Chair, to note that because the flights are not flying, being Minister of Tourism, I need to highlight this. So the fuel in terms of the impact, petroleum sector needs to come to life. That's why when the flights are moving, then the sector as well operates fully. So it's important for us to note that support will be given to small-scale mining support program as part of recovery as well. Intervention to drive situation industrialized. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Your time is up. Thank you very much, Chair. I think we. we Honorable members, thank you, Honorable members.
That concludes the, the debate and the business of the virtual mini plenary. The, the mini plenary will now rise. Thank you, Honorable Members. Don't learn. Hey, boy, you don't learn.